Unleavened Bread Ministries presents From your hands, your feet, your side Unleavened Bread Bible Studies with David Eels Can quench my thirsting soul Pure as water made me whole Let your streams of mercy flow Oh Jesus, I trust in you there hath no temptation taken you, but such as man can bear. See, man can bear these temptations. He's not talking about sons of God here. We're more responsible than they are. Because we've been given ability far above the lost man's ability. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able. So you're able to overcome these temptations. Some people say, no, we're not. We're just always going to be sinners saved by grace. We're not able to overcome these temptations. They deny God. They murmur against God. They speak against God. The fiery serpents will bite them. But will, with the temptation, make also the way of escape. He's not saying sin is the way of escape, for goodness sake. If we got anything from this text, we ought to get that. He's saying, escape the temptation without sinning, without falling into sin, that you may be able to endure it. That's what he says. Oh, glory be to God. Okay. Let's look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. For ye, brethren, were called for freedom. Yeah, it's not a bunch of rules and regulations like they had in the Old Testament. God writes these on upon our heart, which is what? Our desire. He puts our desire in there. To be in alignment with his will, right? So it's not the rules and regulations kind of a, a relationship with God. For you, brethren, we're called for freedom. Only use not your freedom for an occasion to the flesh. See, that's what people want. They want freedom to sin, not freedom to not sin. They want freedom to sin. They want an excuse to let them off the hook. They don't have to deny the old man. They don't have to go through the trial or the trouble. You see, there's no trial. There's no tribulation uh, in the heart of a person that gives himself totally over to sin. There's no tearing between the flesh and the spirit. They're already given over. And they like the freedom. I've seen people that had given themselves over to demons and were so happy because because now there was not this tearing, this this war between the, the flesh and the spirit. They had totally given over to the flesh. And they felt this newfound freedom. And you look at them and you think, well, sure, you've cast off Christ. You feel free because you've cast off Christ. 
your old man's not in bondage anymore. You can just do what you want to do, right? So, yes, we're free. For instance, you're free to eat meats because the Bible is very plain. They're all good and to be received at Thanksgiving when they're sanctified through the Word of God in prayer. Uh, but if your meat causes somebody else to stumble, then you need to be more careful because you have rules about that. You're free to drink, but not if it causes someone else to stumble. You see? You you sacrifice your life for the sake of the kingdom. You might have freedom, but if it causes someone else to stumble, you've sinned. He said, use not your freedom for an occasion to the flesh, but through love be servants one of another. So we give up our rights in many ways to serve one another. You know, just think about it. We only have one chance in this life to bear the fruit of Christ and to enter his kingdom. We want to make sure everyone around us makes it. And if they don't, it won't be our fault. Because we could have sacrificed a little of our own will to help our brother but won't do it. This is eternal life or eternal damnation. Just think about that. Are you willing to give up some to make sure your brother makes it? Are you willing to turn the other cheek to convict him of his way? Are you willing to obey the word of God, which is always a cross to the old man? Anything you obey in the Word of God is a cross to the old man, right? For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, even in this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love thy neighbor as thyself. You know, if you hold self above your neighbor, you're not loving your neighbor as yourself, right? But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. Well, because um, if you're arguing, if you're fighting with other people, uh, the old man is being fed. You're, you're not going to finish the race. You're getting competitive. You're not willing to turn the other cheek. You're losing the battle. And you're being consumed one of another. Verse 16 says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Well, if you walk by the Spirit, you're feeding the white dog, right? You're not feeding the black dog. You won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh if you walk by the Spirit. And lust here just means desire, the desires of the flesh. They're contrary to God, 
Verse 17 says, For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. So the spirit, and they're using the capital S there because they believe it's the Holy Spirit, right? Uh, the Holy Spirit lusts against the flesh. It has a desire that's contrary to the flesh. So if you're doing what your flesh is pleased with, you're probably missing God, <laughs> right? And by the flesh, I'm talking about your carnal nature, your self-life. You're doing anything to serve the self-life, you're probably missing God because that's contrary to the Spirit. You're not buffeting your body. You're not denying your flesh so that it doesn't gain the upper hand. You're feeding your flesh so that it can overcome you. For these are contrary, the one to the other. They're totally opposites, the spirit and the flesh. The spiritual man and the carnal man are totally opposites. What is walking in the spirit? It's walking according to the steps of Jesus Christ. If anyone says he abides in him, let him walk as he walked, the Bible says. He was our example. Now, people don't believe Jesus was our example because they don't think they can live up to that. Well, they can't. The whole point is we go to God by faith, and that faith gives God the authority to give us the power to overcome. He works in us to will and to do of his good pleasure. Oh, glory be to God. These are contrary one to the other, that you may not do the things that you would. What does that mean? It means you can't do what you want to do. That you may not do the things that you would. The things that you would, he's talking obviously about the things of the flesh, pleasing the flesh. You can't please the flesh. It will get stronger. You're feeding it. You're feeding it. If you deny it, it will die. The more you deny it, the more it will die. So Paul buffeted his body and he brought it into bondage so he wouldn't be rejected. He would stand the test. If you look at everything as a test to see if you're going to be counted worthy of the kingdom of God, that's a good thing. Consider everything that you're going through is a test given to you by God to see if you're going to be counted worthy of the kingdom of God. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. You know what a law is, right? A law is you do this or else. But if you're led by the Spirit, you don't feel that way. I, I don't care about the or else. I want to please God, right? If you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Fornication uncleanness, 
lasciviousness, which is a license to excess, right? Idolatry. Many many Christians' idolatry is their religion. It is their church. They love their church, but they don't love God because they don't want to keep his commandments. They'd rather keep the rules and regulations of their church. Sorcery. Enmities. Strife. Jealousies. Wraths. Factions. Divisions. Most Christians can be as mean as a junkyard dog. They have not the life of Christ. They turn their flesh loose to give it everything it wants. They're not walking as dead men. They're very much alive. They're not going to their cross. They won't have it. They're full of excuses for not going to their cross. But they won't have it. And when the end comes for them, if they haven't repented, they will have borne no fruit in the area of Jesus Christ, who sacrificed his life on the cross and demanded that we do the same thing. Envyings, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of which I forewarn you, even as I did forewarn you, that they who practice such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So a person that doesn't do the spiritual fast thing will not inherit the kingdom of God. A person who can't physically fast is somebody that's controlled by their flesh. And they, in that point, are not entering the kingdom of God. kingdom of God is where God rules. If God tells you to fast for a, a week, two weeks, three weeks, a month, if he tells you to fast, are you going to do it? Or would you come up with a lot of excuses? Well, when he tells you to do a lot of other things, do you come up with excuses like it's not possible? You see, people like to feed their flesh. It's just human nature, but it's the human fallen nature. We're here to be priests of the Lord, to offer up spiritual sacrifices of our own self, of our own life. They shall not inherit the kingdom of God. If you walk after the flesh, you must die. If by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body. So it is possible. God's not going to ask us to do something that's impossible. He said by the Spirit we could put to death the deeds of our body. We can win the race. Amen? Okay, Matthew 16. I'm going to start in verse uh, 21. From that time began Jesus to show unto his disciples that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and the third day be raised up. Well, we know the Father sent Jesus to do this.
He accepted this responsibility to be the Lamb of God that gives life to whosoever will, right? But Peter didn't like God's plan. And most people don't like this plan when they find out it's his plan for them too. Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall never be unto thee. Oh, prosperity-minded Peter, <laughs> you know. Well, he learned better. He, he learned to take up his own cross, didn't he? Amen. <laughs> but at this particular time, he did not have the revelation. And I would say at this particular time, a lot of people don't have the revelation. The devil's always telling you don't go to your cross. And that's what Jesus said. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> he didn't know the devil was talking through him. Trying to keep Jesus from going to his cross. Now the devil knew if Jesus went to his cross, he was in trouble. <laughs> and the devil knows if you go to your cross, he's in trouble. He has lost. Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art a stumbling block unto me. Because Peter was telling him what his flesh wanted him to hear. And there's lots of well-meaning Christians that'll tell you the same thing. Oh, you don't need to do that. Why are you doing that? Do it the way the world does it. Does it? Don't worry about that. Don't believe that. Right? What's the matter with you? Are you crazy? <laughs> well, yeah, we are. <laughs> According to the world, Jesus said, For thou mindest not the things of God, but the things of men. Mindest not the things of God. What was the things of God? That we lose our life in this world and gain our heavenly life so that we can enter the promised land, having stood the test then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man would come after me, let him deny himself. Self is the key word here. Deny self. If you, you can feed self or you can deny self. Paul said he consistently kept old self on the cross so he wouldn't be rejected. Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And where was he going? To death. And we're talking about death to self. For whosoever would save his life. Now in this text, verse 25 and verse 26, the word life is suke. It means soul. It's the word for soul, the soulish life. He's not just talking about any soulish life. He's talking about the soulish life that caters to the flesh. Because your soul is, in a way, schizophrenic. Part of it's been renewed unto the knowledge and obedience of God, and the other part is following the flesh. And the more you grow, the more the outer man decays and the inner man is renewed day by day. 
So Jesus said this process must go on. He said, for whosoever would save his life, that's his soulish life, right, shall lose it. Oh, my. Well, we don't want to lose it. We want to conquer the soul for Jesus Christ. We want the soul to hear only the voice of the spiritual man and obey and follow the Lord. But sad to say, most people's soulish life is in control of their flesh. It has learned to submit to the flesh, which brings death to the soul. So Jesus said, For whosoever would save his life shall lose it. That is, lose their soulish life. That part of their soul that caters to the flesh. And whosoever shall lose his soulish life for my sake shall find it. If you give up your soulish life or self-life, if you give it up, For the sake of the kingdom, for the sake of the king, for the sake of Christ in you, the hope of glory. If you give it up, you're going to find it. Because that soulish life will then be the soul of Jesus Christ. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions, which must be given over to Jesus Christ. They are not to serve the flesh. Your mind, your will... Your emotions are not meant to serve the flesh. That's the soulish life that has to die. For what shall a man be profited if he gain the whole world and forfeit his life? That's the word suke. Or what shall a man give in exchange for his life? Now, now back up just a little bit to that word. He forfeit his life. In the parallel to this, in Luke 9 and 25, it's translated own self. His own self. Forfeits his own self. Wow. So now you see what the suke life is all about. It's self. It's the self-life, as, as we started out. If any man would not come after me, let him deny him. If any man would come after me, excuse me, let him deny himself. Deny self. Self is the soul turned over to the flesh. Right? The soul that caters to the flesh, that has learned to please the flesh. And it goes on to say, For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then shall he render to every man according to his deeds. In other words, whether he's walked after the flesh, or walked after the Spirit. We're running a race. It's a test. It's a trial to see who loves the Lord more than they love their flesh. You know, the flesh has been created in the image of the devil. He's carefully done that since the time you were young, trained that 
flesh to serve him. It is in the image of the devil, just as the spiritual man is in the image of Jesus Christ. There's Christ and there's Antichrist. If you're not for me, you're against me. That means there's no gray. It's either for or against. You're either for God, you're either obeying God, or you're not. You're obeying the devil. His servants you are whom you obey. If you're obeying the devil, you're going to be with him. (laughs) It's that simple. Uh, If you're going to obey the Lord by putting to death the deeds of the flesh, you're going to be with him. Oh, my. Yes. But those who walk by faith will receive power from God to serve him. But they also have a desire to serve him. The test is, do you have a desire to serve him and will you accomplish that goal through faith? That's the test. So we go through all these tests where we have opportunity to obey the spirit or to obey the flesh. We have an opportunity to walk in the spirit or to walk in the flesh. And, of course, if you walk after the flesh, you must die. The word of God cannot be broken. All right? Okay? Uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. If then ye were raised together with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is. Seated on the right hand of God. Since you were raised up with Christ through the sacrifice of Christ, then seek those things that are heavenly, not the things that are earthly. Set your mind on the things that are above, not on the things that are upon the earth. Some people's mind is totally consumed with the things that are upon the earth. But Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. In other words, anything you need for your body to serve your spiritual man will be granted. Set your mind on the things that are above. Get your mind off the things of the world. The things that please the flesh, they're just temporal. They're only temporary. And so is the flesh. If you feed the flesh, it's going to take you to hell. Set your mind on the things that are upon, that are above, not on the things that are upon the earth. Set your mind on the things that are above, not on the things that are upon the earth. Well, what is above? Everything that's been given us in Christ Jesus. Uh, The things that our flesh deals with every day, they're just a means to an end. Or they're a total distraction. They're a weight. It keeps us from running the race, right? 
They're distracting us from the things that we need to do. We need to pay the price. We need to buffet our body like Paul did, bring it into bondage, unless you be rejected. People are serving the things of the world. Those are the things that make them happy. That's the mind of the flesh. And some people think that's the abundant life that the Lord gave to them to serve the flesh. No, the abundant life is what you look at and you see in Jesus' life and in his disciples' life. That's the abundant life. They didn't need the things to be happy. They were happy in serving God. They had put to death those desires for the world. Everything is just a means to an end. Your house is just a means to an end. It just enables you to keep the rain off your head so you can serve the Lord and etc., etc. Your car, same thing, just a means to an end. If you set your love on the things of the world, the love of the Father is not in you. That's what the Bible says. That's the lust of the flesh. For you died, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Your old flesh is dead. Reckon yourself to be dead unto sin, but alive unto God. When Christ, who is our life, shall be manifested. That means manifested in you. It's not talking about him coming in the air. It's talking about him manifesting in you. It says, when Christ, who is our life, shall be manifested. In other words, we're coming into the manifestation of Christ's fruit, 30, 60, and 100 fold, right? Shall be manifested, then shall ye also with him be manifested in glory. Manifesting the glory of Christ is our goal. The 30, 60, 100 fold glory of God. We behold in a mirror the glory of the Lord. So when you look at Jesus in the mirror, what you're saying is, I have this gift of Christ living in me now. It was a gift given to me by Jesus Christ at the cross. I have this now. Jesus said, all things whatsoever you pray and ask for, believe you received them, past tense, and you shall have them. You received the life of Christ. When Christ, who is our life, shall be manifested. He is the spiritual man inside of us. He is the one who is coming into his image inside of us, right? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Then shall you also with him be manifested in glory. There is that glory. So, here's where the fast comes in. Put to death, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. We fast from things that are contrary to godliness. He lists a few Here, fornication, uncleanness, 
passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake comes the wrath of God upon the sons of disobedience. Who are these sons of disobedience? They are his sons who walk in disobedience. The wrath of God will come upon them. Wherein you also once walked. We all used to walk in this disobedience. It was normal. It was natural. We didn't know that God was offering us anything else. And some of us got afraid when we found out that God was offering something else, thinking, God is making me responsible here. <laughs> um Wherein you also once walked when you lived in these things. We just were going from pleasure to pleasure. Whatever pleased our flesh, we went and did it. We ate, we drank, and we rose up to play. <laughs> but now do you also put them all away? We can't afford these things. And we have the power to put them away through faith in Jesus Christ. When we behold in the mirror the glory of the Lord, which is the gospel, the good news, we're going to be transformed into that same image from glory to glory. Walk by faith and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. But now do you put them all away? Anger, wrath, malice, Railing. We can't afford these things. These things are feeding the flesh. This is not fasting. Anger, wrath, malice, railing, shameful speaking out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his doings. See, at the cross... You were crucified with Christ. You put off the old man. When you got baptized and you went down in that water, Jesus came up out of that water. The old man died down there. You see? And the water represents the Word of God. And so as we continue to walk in the Word of God, the old man is put to death and the new man comes to life. If you're not going to obey the Word of God, you're not letting that water overwhelm you. Overwhelm, put to death your old man. When you obey the word, the old man dies. When you obey the flesh, the old man lives. But seeing that you put off the old man with his doings, this is what you're supposed to see. Seeing, you see the end from the beginning? Yes, we do. And have put on the new man, do you see that? That is being renewed unto knowledge after the image of him that created him. Where there cannot be Greek and Jew, circumcision and uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bondman, freeman, but Christ is all and in all. So we're all coming to the unity of abiding in Jesus Christ. Through obedience to his word, through walking in his steps, he said, if you abide in him, you'll walk as he walked, right? Put on, therefore, as God's elect, or God's chosen. Many are called, but few are 
chosen, right? Put on, therefore, as God's electos, chosen, holy and beloved, a heart of compassion, kindness, lowliness, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving each other, if any man have a complaint against any. If you have a complaint against any, forgive. Forgive. You were forgiven if you forgive. If you don't forgive, you are not forgiven. That's what Jesus said. And that means you're lost. You're not going to win the race. You're going to die in your sins. So repent. Some people need to go all the way back to their childhood and repent and forgive. People have wronged them. Some people have demons in them because they have not forgiven. And they have been turned over to the tormentors. And even as they became Christians, they still have the tormentors. And it's because they have not forgiven. You must forgive everybody that's ever wronged you all the way back to your childhood. Right? Through your childhood. Some people find that hard. They have horrendous histories and um, thoughts that make them angry with people come through their mind of their memories but they you have to cast down all vain imaginations this is how we win the battle Paul said cast down those vain imaginations and above all these things put on love which is the bond of perfectness yes And, of course, we need the bond of perfectness. We need to be one with one another. We need to not have anything dividing us from other people. We need to not have offenses. If we're indulging in offenses and these things keep coming up in our mind because we haven't forgiven from the heart, then we'll be turned over to the tormentors. The tormentors will rule over us. So that we come to repentance. Remember Paul in 1 Corinthians 5 turned man over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh so his spirit could be saved in the day of the Lord. Well, some people get turned over to the devil and they just learn to live that way. They're not learning the lesson. They're not denying the flesh. They're not fasting. You can starve the old man out. Just like in a natural fast, the old man gets weaker, the spirit man gets stronger, and this literally happens when you you do a physical fast. The old man gets weaker, the new man gets stronger. It's not that your body can't carry out your responsibilities, it's that the flesh is getting weaker. That mind that wants to serve self is getting weaker, and the spiritual man is getting stronger. That's a good reason to fast. But even more so, the spiritual fast, denying the things that feed your flesh, denying your flesh the right to live. Your old man is dead. Reckon him so. He is dead. He has no rights. 
He is dead. Okay, I'm going to look at Daniel chapter 3, 28. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who hath sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him. And he will, too. And have changed the king's word. And get this part. And have yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. There it is, right there. They yielded their bodies up to death. So they might not serve nor worship any god. And they just flat told him right out, we don't have any need to answer you in this matter. We will not serve your God. So, whatever was to come on their flesh, they will, they accepted it. And God saw fit to save them because they overcame the trial. They were tested and they were willing to go into the fire. And Nebuchadnezzar was impressed. He said, therefore, I make a decree that every people, nation, and language which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made a dunghill. <laughs> because there is no other God that is able to deliver after this sort. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Woohoo! <laughs> Ain't God good, huh? Well, if God looks at your life, does he think that you are sacrificing your life? Well, this is a very important question. Let's look at Malachi chapter 1 and verse 6. A son honoreth his father, and a servant his master. If then I am a father, where is mine honor? And if I am a master, whence is my fear, says the Lord of hosts unto you? O priests that despise my name. Okay, we're priests. We are supposed to be giving an offering well-pleasing unto God. But he's obviously not being pleased with them. You know, Jesus said, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? Religion has a way of saying that Jesus is Lord when he's really not their Lord. Because they don't do what he says. Well, nothing's really changed, has it? So here's some priests that were not making an offering that was well-pleasing unto God. And you say, wherein have we despised thy name? 
Well, name means nature, character, and authority. A lot of people despise the Lord's name. What they like is totally contrary to his character and nature and his authority. You offer polluted bread upon mine altar. The Bible says, Paul said, you're one bread. We are that loaf. Right? You offer polluted bread upon mine altar. They're supposed to be sacrificing their flesh, but their sacrifice is polluted. And you say, wherein have we polluted thee? In that you say, the table of the Lord is contemptible. They look with little esteem on the legal sacrifice of flesh. Remember, Cain's offering was from the earth. It was earthly. It was not of blood. Leviticus 17 and 11 says, The life of the flesh is in the blood. Abel brought a more excellent sacrifice. It was a sacrifice of blood. A sacrifice of his nature it represented, right? But they thought, like Cain, that the table of the Lord was contemptible. God did not accept Cain's sacrifice. And when you offer the blind for a sacrifice, what is, what is he saying here? It is no evil. And when you offer the lame and sick, it is no evil. What is he talking about? He said, Present it now unto thy governor. Will he be pleased with thee? Or will he accept thy person? Notice this. Thy person? He's talking about yourself. Are you offering up your flesh on the altar? Or are you offering up a life of blindness? A willful blindness. You don't want to see what God has to say. It will make you responsible. You don't want to obey his word. You want to do your own will. You want to do your own thing. You're lame because you can't walk with the Lord. You're offering up this life before God, and it's a life of lameness because you're not able to walk with the Lord because of your sins, right? And you're sick. You're offering up a blind sacrifice, a lame sacrifice, and a sick sacrifice. And here he says, will he accept thy person? No, he won't accept our person when that's what we're offering up. Is a life that's not pleasing unto God. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, acceptable to God, right? Will he accept thy person, saith the Lord of hosts? No, he won't. And now I pray you, entreat the favor of God, that he may be gracious unto us. This hath been by your means. Will he accept any of your persons? Well, obviously, if a sacrifice is well-pleasing unto God, he would accept your person. But these persons are lame and sick and blind. And that's a sacrifice 
that they think is an acceptable sacrifice unto the Lord. And, of course, he's talking to priests who have to offer flesh on the altar. Will he accept your persons, says the Lord, of hosts? Oh, that there were one among you that would shut the doors, that you might not kindle fire on my altar in vain. Yeah, they got a fire, but they're not offering up something that's acceptable to God. The fruit of a good life. I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts, neither will I accept an offering at your hand. Well, he didn't accept Cain's offering either. It was an earthly offering. It grew out of the earth. It was not a blood offering, which his brother offered. And he hated his brother for his offering. For from the rising of the sun, even unto the going down of the same, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. And in every place incense shall be offered unto my name, and a pure offering. For my name shall be great among the Gentiles, says the Lord of hosts. And so it will be among some Gentiles, but among others, They make the same mistake that their forefathers did. They just want easy religion. They don't want anything that even approaches the crucified life. They don't want to fast from flesh. Let's face it. Our old man is the flesh, loves the flesh, loves the things of the world, acts like This is all there is, really. Even though their religion might tell them differently, they act like this is all there is. But really, the Lord has offered to us the kingdom of heaven and eternal life. If we will lose our life, Jesus did make that condition. And you never hear it mentioned in most churches. But you see, we're going to be held accountable for what thus saith the Lord, not what thus saith the man. Right? We're going to be held accountable. Fasting is good. Denying yourself in the natural way or in the spiritual way. Denying self is always good. Buffeting your body, not giving it what it desires, is good. It's good training. If you've ever been in the military, and I came very close one time, but I got a deferment because I was working at Exxon where we made most of the jet fuel made in Vietnam, and I got a deferment because of that. They considered it a part of the war effort, you know. Um, But if you've been in the military, you know that they buffet their body. They bring it into bondage. They make it do things that it doesn't want to do. It it cries out to them quite often. Um, It's a part of their hardening 
process, you know, so that you can take whatever you go through without murmuring, complaining, uh, shooting the CO, uh, whatever, you know. Um, and we, too, we're running a race here. And your muscles might cry out in agony, but you have to make them continue to do what they must do. And in the spiritual life, it's the same thing. We, we need to be hardened against the voice of the flesh, the voice of the old man. We have to be hardened against it. We have to be battle-hardened. He said you can't do the things that you would. Since the spirit is totally contrary to the flesh, and the flesh the spirit, you can't do the things that you would. Because the things that you would is to feed the flesh. Some people in the natural, the fruit of what they eat is shown all over them because they won't deny their flesh anything. And that's true in the spirit realm too. Because if you do that in the natural realm, you're still doing it in the spirit realm. You're not denying yourself. We have to take up our cross and follow Jesus. We're only here for a short time. We're being tested. We're being tried. We'll be rejected if we don't keep our body and our mind of the flesh on the cross. We're going to be rejected, not standing the test. Well, Father, we just ask you in the name of Jesus, Lord, to rise up in us and give us grace, Lord. We fear you. We see what your word is saying. Help us to fast and pray. Help us to fast and pray and confess our sins. Help us to humble ourselves before you. Help us to take every opportunity to confess you before men in humbling ourselves before you. Help us, Lord. Draw us, Lord. Cause us to run this race. Draw us and we will run after you, the Shulamite said. That's what we desire, Lord. Help us and give us grace. Lord, we love you. We want to be with you in your kingdom. We want to enter into the promised land, the heavenly promised land. We want to endure the trial in the wilderness and not fall in the trial, in the testing. Thank you, Father. Thank you. You said, Lord, all things whatsoever we pray and ask for, believe we receive them, and we shall have them. We thank you for answering our prayer today. We thank you for bringing it to pass, for rising up in us, giving us the gift to be well-pleasing unto you, the gift to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow you. Thank you, Lord. We claim it in Jesus' name. Well, good night, saints. God bless you. For information, materials, and to contribute, 
go to unleavenedbreadministries.org. Contributions only may be addressed to David Eels, Post Office Box 231616, Montgomery, Alabama, 36123. My thirsting soul, purest water made me whole. Let your streams of mercy flow, oh Jesus, I trust in you. Though the mountains fall into the sea, though the rivers rise, I still believe. For oh, your mercy stands and your word is true, oh Jesus. Stands and your word is true, oh Jesus. 